Welcome in to another episode of the Bet the Nerds Fantasy Show. We're here on October 27th. After a crazy week seven, we had a um, very memorable wide receiver performance from Tyler Lockett and Devonte Adams and a few other great performances that we'll get to down the line. We have a lot of um, stuff for you guys on the show today. We have news, we have the Sunday school, and we have bops, flops, cops, and drops. Um, let's get right into the news. Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL on a tackle f- like on a interception return. It was a very avoidable injury. He didn't have to go in for the tackle. Um, but what does this mean for the future of the Browns receiving core? It's tough. I mean, we already didn't like Baker Mayfield for fantasy. Now he's literally untouchable. Um, this also could just hurt the whole offense. It hurt the running game. Um, it's definitely it's really scary for Cleveland to see one of their best players being out. I Maybe you can trust Jarvis Landry now. I don't think you drop him if you have him. You keep him, see what happens. But this is scary, and uh, I don't really know what to make of this offense. They they really struggled against Pittsburgh. They they were good against Cleveland or in Cincinnati, obviously, but everyone is. So yeah. uh, until we see Cleveland perform well against like a, a really good team, I just don't want to trust any of their receiving options. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have been uh, arguing for Landry to be dropped, but I think he should be he should be on a roster in every league. We just have to wait and see with him. Kenyon Drake had a high ankle sprain. He looked really devastated. I thought that he might have torn his ACL based off the way that he was like um, reacting to the trainers talking to him. Uh, but Chase Edmonds with Drake, I know they're on a bye this week, but until Drake comes back, Chase Edmonds will be a top 12 running back. He is probably more talented than Kenyon Drake in my opinion and he catches passes he he runs between the tackles this is a potent offense I think Chase Edmonds will be a top 12 running back I had him as a very high play last week in a game where I knew they would have to be passing and he didn't do he wouldn't have done as well if Drake hadn't gone out but the reality is he had 87 yards receiving so that's what you want from your running back um Chris Carson is week to week with a midfoot sprain this guy just cannot Stay yeah. healthy. He's played every game this season, but it seems like he has an injury every week. He is questionable as of right now, but I do not expect him to play. He'll probably miss this week and be back in week nine. Um, Carlos Hyde's also dealing with an injury. So is Travis Homer. But I think Hyde, if he's good to go, will be the starter. Look out for DJ Dallas, I guess. And if Rashad Penny somehow comes back, I don't know. What do you think about this Seahawks backfield at this point? I mean, obviously, we don't have any clarity right now. But once we do get clarity, I think whoever is, like, the guy is going to be, like, a, a mid-tier flex option. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing San Francisco, which is the number one run defense right now. That, yeah, that's tough. So, personally, I would, if I can, just avoid that backfield with Carson out. Um, but if some news comes out, pick up the guy that's going to be starting. And you can you can start him with some level of confidence. But... I'm deciding between whoever that guy is and Damian Harris this week. So I'm going to have a fun Sunday. Not not, not the best options there. But Seattle's super pass heavy. You're starting starting Lockett, Metcalf, Wilson. But, um, and obviously you would be starting Carson if he plays. However, um, other running backs probably aren't going to have as many carries and also probably won't be as involved in the passing game. They're going to delegate duties to multiple guys. So you're not going to have that workload that makes Carson so viable. Yeah. McCaffrey is a long shot, but he's pushing to play this Thursday as a McCaffrey owner with Mike Davis. I'm hoping he doesn't play. Just give me, I don't don't think he will. Yeah. I think 
Rule said he would have to practice today and tomorrow to be able to play, and just doesn't look like he's going to get in those practices. Um, Nick Chubb could return after week nine. I'm Or they do have a bye, so he could return after the bye. And Austin Hooper, um, who had his ap- appendix like removed, and it was a really freak out. Um, he's been really good, Hooper. And Hunter or Harrison, Harrison Bryant, is that his name? Um, stepped up, had two touchdowns in this game. And I think you can play Harrison Bryant. We'll get to that later. Uh, I don't think Hooper will play this week, but Cream Hunt against Las Vegas, chub out another week. Wow, he's just going to be hes going to be great. Um, Jalen Rager returns from the IR, and Deshaun Jackson has been placed on the IR. So what is this Eagles re- receiving quarter looking like right now? It's Fulgham, Greg Ward, Rager, and is Jeffrey going to return or what? Honestly, I have no idea. Uh there's also Richard Rogers. Don't forget about the great man himself. Yeah. But what what, what I'll say is, uh, Wentz, for all the 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 flack that he's been getting this season, is a really like the, the volume is there in this offense. The question is, can we rely on certain places for that volume to be there consistently? And for now, at least with with Ertz and with Kittle, or no, sorry, Ertz and with um, Goddard out the volume seems like it's going to be there for Richard Rogers and with Jalen Rager back, it's certainly possible that he's going to get some, some like consistent volume. I think Fulgham, he looks great. So you're starting him. Yeah. Fulgham. He just, he's so involved in this offense. He looks like a number one receiver. He looks great. And I think because they're passing so much and once is starting to play better, definitely like keep an eye on Rager, add him if he's on waivers in your league and, and just see if, if he can make a big impact from day Would one. Would you start Rager if he's available against Dallas? I mean, it's it's a it's a dart throw, but if you have to, you can. Uh, he's you, probably Fulgham's still the one, though. I I think so. Until yeah. otherwise. Ben DiNucci is new, now the starter for the Dallas Cowboys after Uh-oh. Dalton was rocked. That was a horrible scene. Um, but yeah. can you play like? Okay, what is your what is your freak out level on Amari Cooper and Zeke right now? It's it's pretty high. Um, obviously, I think you're playing both guys because you just have to. But, man, Dallas is really just a tough scene right now. They're the worst team in the NFL. Okay, give my Jets a little respect. No, no, Dallas is the worst team in the NFL. I don't think so. I think the Jets are worse. The Jets stayed in the game against Buffalo. Dallas has scored six points in the last two games against Washington, New York, or not New York, Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see Jets versus Cowboys. I really I, don't. I don't. I want to see that, Dallas. That would be versus... my Super Bowl. That would be my Super Bowl. We we can actually win a game. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Are they playing later this year? Or no. No, we're gonna we're going to end sixteen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it yeah, freak out levels high. Zeke, it's gonna be. A really tough sledding going forward. They're going to be trailing in a lot of games, so you're going to be relying on the, the minor pass volume that Zeke's going to get, and the early game, like early in the game when it's still like close-ish, Zeke's going to get some carries, but there's going to be lower volume, and then in the passing game, it's obviously going to be inefficient with, with the new guy, I assume, unless he just defies all expectations. There's no way you're going to have three viable receivers. It's probably going to be Cooper is like still somewhat viable, Stevie Lamb, maybe, and Gallup's probably out of the picture at this point until Dalton comes back if he does. And 
but we also just don't know like who's who's a new guy gonna trust we, we honestly have no idea so regardless of which cowboy guy you have it's probably worth it just wait and see who who the new quarterback likes and and we'll see going forward yeah jeff wilson after an amazing week is running back one on the week um has a high ankle sprain. I think that like whoever lines up in the 49ers backfield gets a high ankle sprain each week. Um, it just sucks. But is Jamichael Hasty the number one option now there, or is it Jarek Jer- McKinnon? I think it's Jarek McKinnon. Last week was weird because McKinnon just didn't get any touches until. Shanahan Wilson... said that they wanted to, like it was part of like a load management thing they were doing with his ACL. That was oh. unreported. Assuming that's the case, and, he, and that's not going to be the case next week, uh, McKinnon should be the number one option. Um, I started him in one of my leagues. That was a little bit tilting because we didn't know that, or I didn't know that beforehand. Maybe I should have checked the news if that was available. No, no, no. It wasn't beforehand. Yeah. It was reported afterwards. Yeah. Classic Shanahan. Anyway. Classic Shanahan, yeah. So I got my, my one carry for negative one yards on uh, McKinnon. So that was cool. But I think Jamichael Hasey's a good starter, and we'll get to, the, to him later. Yeah, but I, I, I think uh, McKinnon should get a workload, assuming he's not held back next week. And a matchup against Seattle, especially because he's going to be – McKinnon's involved in the passing game. That's a pretty nice matchup for him. So he's going to be a, a low-end RB2, assuming he's getting a normal workload. Chris Godwin, I woke up this morning, said he had a fractured finger. So he went a whole day without knowing that he had a broken finger. I'm. It, this just confuses me. Chris Godwin cannot stay healthy, and it really pisses me off. Let's just move on. Tilt task. Actually, we should probably talk about it because Antonio Brown's not going to – Antonio Brown's what? Is there a timetable on Godwin? It says he's supposed to just miss this week. Um, So Antonio Brown's still out one more week with suspension. Um, Mike Evans gets a bump up, but they're playing the Giants, and Bradbury's going to be on Mike Evans. Is Scotty Miller a trap again, or what do you think about it? I would probably avoid it. I I assume this game is going to be pretty low-scoring. And also pretty run heavy. So maybe, like, obviously Fournette got way too many carries this past week. If you're a Ronald Jones owner, right? Yeah, Ronald uh, Jones scored, so it kind of saved you. But it, yeah, if, if you had Ronald Jones, you, you're kind of off the hook. But it's kind of scary seeing how much work Fournette got. But I haven't done the research into how to predict which running backs can get the carries. But hypothetically, if I knew, uh, this should be a pretty good game script for Tampa Bay, and they should have. Uh, a lot of success on the ground. I think you could possibly play both in this game. It's possible, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get on a tiltastic. Just one thing on this. I won in both my leagues, but it's at it's. I sacrificed a lot on my bench going into week eight with buys: Kyler Murray, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks, and I have Chris Car- Chris Godwin and Chris Carson are hurt. So I'm start- going to try to start Nelson Aguilar, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> what are you about you? How did your week go? It was it was a solid week. Uh, went two for three in my major leagues. The league I lost, I lost to just a juggernaut performance. He had Tyler Lockett getting 45 points. Like, can't do anything about that. But, so not not too mad about that. I won in one of my leagues despite getting McKinnon's, like, negative 0.1 points. So that was kind of nice. Um, and then my other league had a, a good game as well. I'm just waiting for Miles Sanders to come back, man. I have him in a couple leagues. And I'm really hoping it's not this week, though, because I don't think he's ready. But the sooner the better because my teams need him. Yeah. Um, let's get into Sunday school. I have some takeaways. So one thing that I've been noticing, and this is really important, I've we've always, you know, emphasized you want running backs and good teams, right? Yeah. 
But I think that it's even more important to have players in competitive games. Like, you know, when you see yeah. the Jets on your docket, you I don't feel very happy that my team is playing the Jets. Like, if Travis Kelsey's playing the Jets next week, I don't. I think it's kind of limited. Like, they're going to go up really quickly, really early, and they're just not going to throw him the ball. So I think that the importance of game scripts, if it's a competitive game, even if you're playing against the Titans or the Bills, these are defenses who – they're okay. They're not great. But there's way more points to go around because the offenses are going to score. So I am more excited to play like Jonathan Taylor against a Tennessee defense than a Cincinnati defense because I know it's going to be a competitive game. Um, I, I like Chris Carson more than Joe Mixon because the Seahawks are going to be in more, you know, touchdown heavy games where they can, where they have opportunities to score. I just think that the, the value of a carry within the 20 to 20 yard, like from the 20 yard line to the other 20 yard line is just so much less than the value of a carry within the 10 to five in a competitive game. That's just where I'm at with it. And I'm prioritizing guys who are going to score touchdowns because of how many injuries there are every week. You don't know where the volume is going to go. Um, I want the running backs on good teams and right. I want all the players on good teams. Yeah. Yeah. My, my first takeaway is I know it was against the Falcons um, and they haven't been like dominant necessarily, but I think the lions are a legitimately good team and I think they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I, I still think they're better than Chicago's now yeah. five and two uh, Detroit. I think they're a good team. They have a good offense, uh, good weapons in the passing game. And it seems like their defense is kind of starting to put it together. Um, I know, it's obviously, like I said, Atlanta, but Atlanta only scored 22 points against 21. them. 20, 22. Yeah, they lost. They lost 23-22. Right, so they scored 22 points. Um, a, a good defensive performance by Detroit. Uh, the offense struggled throughout the game, but they made it work. It seems like DeAndre Swift has really opened up the running game for them. And obviously, you guys like Galladay, Hawkinson, Marvin Jones in the passing game. And Stafford is still a good quarterback. So, uh, Assuming this team maintains their relatively good health, they should be competitive most of the games they're playing. And some of their guys make for some interesting buy low or just good trade candidates to, to get on your team. Yeah, I feel like Galladay has flown so below the radar. He's He was hurt for the first few games. He's been back. For, he, met, he had a bye, and he's had four games. In every one of those games, he's been very good. You know, he's had over 100 yards every time he hasn't scored. And in the games where he hasn't had over 100 yards, he scored a touchdown. So he's like – on a points per game basis, I think he's a top 12 receiver. So you're happy with him now. Um, my second takeaway is look towards your playoff schedules. A guy in my league just traded Austin, just traded for Austin Eckler, traded all his depth for Austin Eckler. I don't know how smart that was because of all the injuries, but you want to look for those schedules. Some schedules that I want to point out, Derek Henry has like Green Bay, Jacksonville, and Detroit in the playoffs. He's just going to go off. Um, Allen Robinson has Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Detroit too. So there's just look for those guys who, you know, Allen Robinson just had an awful week. Try and buy low on him. And he got a concussion. So if you can lose a week with Robinson on the concussion and you pay for that schedule down the line, it's really going to pay off in the playoffs if you get those matchups. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, final takeaway for me is the Raiders, like obviously coming into the season, I was really high on the Raiders and I still am but they're not the kind of team that we thought they were going in. And it's because we thought they're going to be big offensive line, dominant run game, change of pace with like the passing game with Waller. And they're becoming a, just a very pass oriented team. I think Josh Jacobs has yet to rush for hundred yards in the game this year. Um, just has not really gotten it going. 
And it seems like, like a lot of these options in the Raiders pass game are viable beyond just Waller. Um, Aguilar seems like he's decent. Um, in the right match, I think Henry Ruggs can have a big blow-up game. Uh, and, like, we see, like, in, in weeks where some guys have been missing, even, like, Hunter Renfro was viable. So, I think Derek Carr is a viable fantasy quarterback, and a lot of his options are, too. And that's just not something I was expecting going into this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's get into the bops. Justin Herbert. Let's go. I got an Oregon shirt on. My Charger jersey's in the back. 347-3, and three, 9 for 66 on the ground, and a touchdown. Wow. He is – he is – I never expected this. I'm just – every time he makes – I, I saw a clip, like a four-minute clip of all his deep throws that he's thrown this year. It, I don't know where it, – it's baffling. Right. We, okay, like compared to other defenses in the college, you could say his weapons at Oregon were better than the ones he has now because of the how bad because of like the defenses are much better in the NFL but he's throwing to guys like undrafted guys like Jalen Guyton, Darnold Parham Jr., Virgil Green, guys who I have no clue who they are and I'm a Chargers fan and it's just it's beautiful to see I'm have something to be excited for and I think they have a chance to maybe compete for a back end playoff spot this season if they're able to put some games together, you know. They've been able to go toe to toe with some contenders and just can't pull it out at the end. What do you think about Justin Herbert's performance? Yeah, I just continue to be amazed. I think um, th- the doubts that I had going in are very rapidly going away. Oh, yeah. And uh, just seeing how fluid his, his motion, like his movement looks, um, just a, a beautiful arm that, that just makes perfect throws. Uh, I think he's just showing us something that we just did not see in college. But it seemed like it might have been there the whole time. They just weren't tapping into it because yeah. at Oregon. Yeah. So. I'm super impressed. Um, I'm impressed with some of the weapons they have, too. I'm impressed with Guyton. Guyton looks really good. Yes. Obviously, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams had one catch for four yards. Yeah. He's just so, so boom. No, I know what you're saying. Like, not this this week, but like in general. Like, he has some weapons, um, but he's making some of these like unknown guys look good. And that's a really good sign for a young quarterback. So, a lot to be excited for with Herbert. Kyler Murray, the number one quarterback in fantasy, just continues to plow yeah. along. 360-3, and three, 14 for 67 on the ground, and a touchdown. He's on track for 1,000 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns on the ground. He's, he's amazing. Like, I, I'm so happy I traded for him. He's just carrying me every week. Uh, I mean, we didn't expect all this from Kyler Murray. We thought he was going to be – I mean, he was my th- third quarterback or third or fourth quarterback on, on the season. But um, – this is amazing, yeah. Um, Tom Brady, 369-4, and a rushing touchdown. Tom Brady is going to win people championships. His schedule at the end of the year, Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit in the um, playoffs, That's and with all the weapons he has. So we don't know where the, the throws are going to go, right? Like For wide receiver purposes, it's tough to tell if it's going to go to Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronk, Gronk Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. But Brady, Brady's going to be amazing, you know? Um, Joe Burrow, 406 and 3, 6 for 34 wow. and 1. I had him in some DraftKings lineups. He won me some money. He had 40 fantasy points in DraftKings. Um, it, what, an, what an amazing week for Joe Burrow. Uh, just the rookie quarterback showing out. Let's just go through these names because there's a lot more quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, all had good games. Is there any of those you want to talk about? Yeah, I think we should briefly touch on Carson Wentz again because 
obviously much maligned, had a very tough couple of weeks, but he's looking like someone who's going to be a top six option the rest of the season. Yeah. With the way he's playing in the, the, the game scripts that he's in. The Eagles, despite losing games, they seem to be like in all the games that they're they're playing, except for the one against the Rams where they got kind of blown out. So uh, Wentz should be pretty consistent. The volume is there. So kind of regardless of who his weapons are, he's someone that should be a weekly starter. For sure. Um, let's get to the running backs. There were not many good running back plays this week. Jeff Wilson Jr., 17 for 112 and 3. Um, He's out now, so there you go. And nobody started him. Right. Um, James Robinson, 22 for 119 and 1 on the ground, 4 for 18 and 1 through the air. He's their running back 2 in PPR. James Robinson, an undrafted rookie for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Like, what a season. I mean, you, we talked about it because before the season, before they put Divine Ozigbo and Raquel Armstead on the IR, we were like, nobody wants the running back for the yeah. pass-heavy one-in-six Jaguars. But here we are, you know? Yeah. I mean, we expected the Jaguars to be this bad, but we didn't expect their running back to be this good. Right. Um, Todd Gurley had a great game, and he didn't mean to score, but he, he didn't mean to be in the Bob section, but he is. Um, that was a crazy game. And you just knew the Lions were going to win after that. Like, that's yeah. just how, how they, how Atlanta usually loses. Chase Edmonds, 5 for 58 on the ground, 7 for 87 through the air. This is a dynamic player. I really like Chase Edmonds going forward. Sadly, they have a bye. I think Drake will probably miss three to four weeks. Might go on the IR. We'll see. Tyler Lockett, 15 Holy for mo. 203. 200! Okay, so Tyler Lockett, I did some research. This is the second best wide receiver performance of all time in fantasy. Do you know who has the first? I feel like it has to be Julio Jones. What, what was Julio Jones? It was like, he had like 380 pass or receiving yards or something like that. It was like 360 or something like that. Okay, I did not see that one on the list. But okay. on the list, it was Will Fuller's 53.7 performance from oh, last right. season where he had over 200 yards and three touchdowns. Um Devontae Adams. Oh, let's talk about Tyler Lockett. So Tyler Lockett had two bad games, but I think you just got to roll with the bad games because of how prolific these booms are and this amazing offense. No one expected Tyler Lockett to be the wide receiver one. I mean, we don't know. Like, we keep going back and forth. Is it Lockett or is it Metcalf? What do we think? You don't have to choose. Like, okay, gun to your head. Is it Lockett or is it Metcalf? I mean, obviously, I think on a weekly basis, it's going to depend on the game script. But if you made me choose for the rest of the season who I'm going to have, I'm choosing Lockett. Mm-hmm. Um, they have I – mean, Lockett has, I think, more receiving yards than Metcalf this year. But the, another stark difference is in the receptions, where Lockett has, I think, 45 receptions, yeah. maybe, and Metcalf has, like, 24. I mean, I don't know if I include this week or not. Um, Metcalf only had, like, two catches. Right. And Lockett has seven touchdowns. Metcalf has five. I expect that to be pretty even throughout the entire year. Um, Metcalf gets the number one cornerback every week too, and they have a lot of good cornerbacks they're going to face. They're going to face Sherman. They're going to face Peterson. They're going to yeah, face yeah. some good guys down the line. Um, I think I think it's certainly possible that Metcalf and for like, for the rest of the season outscores Lockett. I think Lockett's consistency, higher reception floor, and yeah. just the ability to find the end zone makes him. Uh, Probably just easily a top five receiver in fantasy going forward. Yeah. Okay. Devonte Adams, thirteen for one ninety six and two. Ooh. He's open on every play. Yeah. He he's so good. Double coverage doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um. It's open. And then there's no real second option. Like, 
you know, with a game against Minnesota coming up next week, that's a that's a defense that's going to bleed a lot of points to the wide receiver position. But you can't trust MVS. You can't trust Robert Tunyon. You can't trust these guys. Like, what do you think about the Packers receiving core outside of Adams? There's no one you can trust? I think – I know Robert Tunyon is kind of banged up this week. If he's healthy, he's someone you can slide in your lineups because tight end positions are weak. But out of the receivers, until Lazard comes back, I don't know when that's going to be. I really just don't trust anyone. I will say Alan Lazard has made a quick recovery, and they're saying he could be back in early November. So, I mean, I wouldn't waste a roster spot, but if you have multiple IR spots, that's just speculative ad. I think Alan Lazard is – points per game basis, he was a top 10 receiver before he got hurt. Um, so Alan Lazard is definitely a decent option. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 9 for 80 and 2. This is the wide receiver one of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He finally got a full game in. I think he got hurt at the end, but I think they said he'll be good for um, next week. What do we – like, do you think Deontay Johnson is the wide receiver one? What do you think about the um, the Steelers passing game? It just seems like it's so variable on a week-to-week basis, but it's varying between Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And it seems like Juju, while he's still viable – he seems to be the odd man out where he's almost always the number two, but then either Deontay Johnson or, or Claypool's number one and one of them's number three. I don't really know what to make of this offense. They're good enough to sustain two top receivers. The question is on a week-to-week basis with these three good players, who are going to be the two that kind of stand out? And it's kind of a headache. And I think for the most part, Deontay Johnson should be the most consistent option on this offense. Every game that Johnson has played in full has been a good game. He's gotten a lot of targets. He's gotten a lot of receptions. He's gotten touchdowns. I think that he's the one on this team, but well, it it definitely is something that, I mean, you heard it in my voice, something we're skeptical about Tyler Boyd, 11 for 101 and one. I mean, honestly, we should mention Higgins and AJ green in here too. This was just a prolific game for all the Bengals pass catchers, but Boyd is, He's a number. He's the number nine, nine receiver in PPR. He's very good, and with Burrow looking like he can sustain a a top twelve receiver, I really like Tyler Boyd going forward. He's never going to see the number one coverage. He's always he's kind of game script proof because he's you know the short. The, okay, the Bengals are never going to be up by a lot. It's just not except, except when they're up by twenty one against the Colts and blew the lead. But okay, that's another time. That was that's a fluke. Your point they're one five and one. Your point stands. And I think that Boyd is going to be great for them. Um, yeah. I like. I think he's going to be a top 15 receiver going forward. A.J. Brown, 6 for 153 and 1, all in the second quarter. I mean, second half. It, this is just – what do you think about A.J. Brown? Because he, this is three weeks in a row where he's been on the bop list over 20 points, and he's played three full games – or he's played like three and a half games this season, and he's been amazing. And this was against a really good Pittsburgh team. Albeit their their biggest defensive struggle is is the cornerbacks who are good but not like the middle good. of the field too, right? So um, I will say in the first half didn't do anything. The run game wasn't going. Nothing was going for Tennessee. Once the run game started going, it was a, it was a real threat. That's when things start to open up for this Titans offense. We saw that in the second half. And when that happens, AJ Brown can exploit some less physically gifted players that he's going against. Which I know Joe Hayden and Artie Burns and. Mike Hilton, are, they're good corners, but they're not like physical specimens like A.J. Brown is. So A.J. Brown was able to kind of carve up this defense, make some huge plays, and 
Um, this is what he's capable of when, when everything is humming for Tennessee. Okay, do you think A.J. Brown is a top 10 receiver the rest of the season? If I think points-wise he will end as one. If Tennessee can keep being this, this good of a team, uh, I know they lost this week, but it was close and they came back. If, there's, if they're a good team and, they're, and, they're, and, the, and the run game is going, I think he is a pretty safe option week to week, uh, which goes against what I said at the beginning of the season. I was like, Same. I was like, there's going to be weeks where they just don't have it going and nothing's going at A.J. Brown. Um, he's not going to get the benefit of play action. He's not going to have as good a separation. But it seems like that's just happening every week. Yeah. So it seems like the consistency is there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's consistent. if it's consistency like this, he could be top five. Right. Yeah. He's phenomenal. And he can find the end zone too. Yeah. DJ Moore, four for 93 and two. Um, yeah. I mean, I think DJ Moore is probably a top 20 receiver going forward too. He's finally getting the touchdowns. He's finally getting the the yardage. Uh, he's in 93 yards in the past three weeks. I think this is – the Panthers are a weird team to me. Do you think they're a playoff team? The NFC is stacked. NFC is stacked. I don't know if they're a playoff team. I know there, there are seven playoff teams this year, so it's certainly possible. Uh, but they're, they're playing like it. Yeah. Uh, especially – they uh, lost, but it was a really close game. And if Joey Sly gets another inch on that field goal, right, it goes to overtime. It was a 65-yard field goal, and he almost hit it. So, but, but are- I will say, like, Bridgewater has looked great. He's a top quarterback option. I know the issue with him for fantasy has been he hasn't been passing for touchdowns. They've, they've been A, kicking some field goals, and B, Mike Davis is being a touchdown hog. Mm. But uh, Robbie Anderson is, like, number three in the league in receiving yards. DJ Moore, I think, is number seven. Um, just a ton of volume going to those two guys. It's a super consolidated target share between those two guys. Like Ian Thomas, the tight end, just not getting involved. Curtis Samuel gets a couple of carries, but that's pretty much it. Like almost all the passing volume is going to those two guys, which makes them great options week to week. They're pretty much matchup proof. Um, obviously, with DJ Moore, like this week he had two touchdowns. We want, we want to keep seeing those touchdowns from DJ Moore. Uh, but the yardage has definitely been there for both guys. And we, we, we're hoping that more can be as consistent as Anderson, but both guys I think are top 15 options going forward. Yes. And then DeAndre Hopkins had a great game. Chris Godwin, before he got hurt, had a good game, nine for 88 in a touchdown. Cole Beasley, this is a guy, if, if John Brown misses any more time, I think Cole Beasley is a start every week. We talked about it. I think we mentioned it on the show. We were both fun starting Cole Beasley. Um, Christian Kirk, another good week. I mentioned him too. I thought this was going to be a prolific Cardinals offense. He had five catches for 73 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Nelson Aguilar, nine, nine targets. Is he okay? I don't know the status of Brian Edwards. I don't know if Gruden even trusts him, but is Aguilar the number one outside option on this team? Uh, I think on a, on a volume basis. Yes. Um, but I think Ruggs is still going to be. Rug, I was counting Ruggs like kind of like an inside, you know, like Russian knife weapon thing. That well, they okay. Just well, if, if, if you count, if you're so outside of Ruggs and Waller, Aguilar is the top option without a uh-huh. doubt. Uh, but I still think Waller is going to get a lot of volume. Ruggs, we'll see what the volume looks like going forward. But um, I think he's going to be more and more involved throughout the season. We might be seeing the best of Aguilar now, unfortunately. But I think for at least a couple of weeks, he can be mildly trusted to put up some good performances, especially against a Browns defense that has looked pretty vulnerable to the pass. Yeah. 
All right, let's get into the tight ends. A few tight ends. Harrison Bryant, four for 56 and two touchdowns. Mayfield's been liking the tight end. I think that the Browns tight end is a startable player each week, whoever it is, because Harrison Bryant looked good. Rob Gronkowski, this is three weeks in a row. He's getting a lot of targets, and with Godwin and Antonio Brown not playing this week, I think Gronkowski's another great play against Vegas. Yeah, he looks looks in football shape now. Yeah, he does. uh, He finally does. Definitely looks better. He's finding the end zone, too. Darren Waller and then Will's. Will, was your start of the week TJ Hawkinson or no? Uh, it was Eric Ebron. Oh, well, he was decent too. But yeah. Darren Waller had a great week, and TJ Hawkinson found the end zone again. Let's get with zero seconds on the clock for the yeah. win. That, I mean, the Falcons are just like, let's just give you another chance. You know, every single time that you think they're down and out, they're not. All right, let's get into the flops and drops. Josh Allen, that's like this is like three weeks in a row where he just hasn't been, you know, a top five, top ten quarterback. Um, I think he'll figure out a way to return there. I, I think that, okay, I was talking earlier about the Bills. So I think the Bills are a team where they have to be in a competitive game. It doesn't matter who the – if they're playing Pittsburgh, that's a good defense. But if it's a competitive game, I think it's better for Josh Allen. If they're playing the Chiefs, I think it's better for Josh Allen. If they're playing a really bad – team like the Jets we saw week one that he just completely like the passing volume was very very um odd he threw like 46 passes even though they're up 24 points I didn't think that would happen again and we saw that once it became a very low scoring game Josh Allen wasn't as good um Patrick Mahomes just couldn't find the end zone but don't worry about Patrick Mahomes um honestly though he could be a trade target with that with that um, schedule at the end of the year, he gets Atlanta in week 16. That's scary. Um, Mike Davis, another bad week. Um, you're going to get one more week of Mike Davis before McCaffrey comes back, but there's not much to say. It's not like you can trade him at this point. Nobody's going to want him with one more week left. Ezekiel Elliott, that's the second bad week in a row. What do you, I mean, what do you think about Zeke? We talked about it a little earlier, but are you, are you trading him? I don't think you're going to get much from him. I'm generally someone that really hates to, to sell low on a player. Uh, obviously, like the, the saying is, buy low, sell high. But it's it's looking bleak for Zeke right now. That was not intentional, I'm sorry. But That was good, though. Thank you. But there's some tough matchups ahead. Uh, obviously, Washington has a great front seven. The Eagles have a pretty good front four. They're good against the run. Um the Giants are looking better defensively than most people expected. So just three three good defenses in their division. They're, they're, I, I, it's, it's scary. It is scary. Obviously, the two fumbles were like just egregious this past week. I don't expect that going forward. I expect them to still get volume. And, and one thing to note is with this new like seventh-round guy, if he, if he continues to be the quarterback, uh, they don't want to make him throw the ball like 40 times. So maybe this does mean an increased volume for Zeke. But that's kind of assuming they can stay in these games. Um, I think whenever the Cowboys are in competitive games, Zeke is going to be viable. But when that's going to be and how often that's going to be, no idea. Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs, you mentioned it before, hasn't passed 100 yards this season. But a matchup with Tampa Bay, that's just a tough matchup. I think better days are ahead for Josh Jacobs. Um, James White, you can drop James White. Not much to talk about there. Stephon Diggs, he didn't look like he was there. Like he, he looked like Minnesota Stephon Diggs just not bought in, and he got banged up on one play and came back. But um, I think you're fine. Like moving forward, the Bills just had a down game. Mike Evans, this is a few weeks in a row. What are you doing with Mike Evans? 
Was this, I think it was the first game he didn't score a touchdown. No, he week? didn't score last week. The, two weeks ago, in week in week six, he had one catch for five yards. Yeah, it's it's scary. Obviously, with Goblin not missing time, Edwin's or Evans should be involved. Uh, it's gonna be a somewhat tough matchup with James Radbury, but Evans has always been kind of a matchup proof guy. He doesn't like really guarding him. Uh, he's just a big him and Bradbury usually get into it, so it'll be fun. He might get knocked out of the game because of his own, you know, arrogance, but we'll see. He should get, he should get ejected. But yeah, we'll he's done it before. He's been ejected before. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I somewhat trust Evans this week. Yeah, to an extent, but some of the games where he just doesn't get involved, uh, especially when they're running the ball effectively and kind of just grinding out the clock. There, there's some some issues with the game scripts for him, but I think for most weeks he can be trusted to at least like get a touchdown because he seems yeah. to be able to do that all, all the time. Okay, DK Metcalf, he had one – I think he had two catches for like 22 yards. It was not a great game. Um, he has some tough matchups coming up. You know, we, you and I talked about a trade that I got offered. It was Metcalf and Sanders for McCaffrey and Mike Davis, and I'm very glad I didn't make that trade now. Um, but Metcalf, I, I think you're just going to – this is an anomaly. He's not going to be this bad again, but he's a boom-bust guy. So, I mean, he, I don't know. There's not much to say. What do you think about Metcalf going forward? Yeah, the issue is just kind of the lack of receptions. I think he's still a top 15 option going yeah. forward, without a doubt. But uh, one thing that I wish he got fantasy points for was that 50-yard chase down. That's true. I'm gonna Baker. That was so spectacular. Fifty. That was a hundred yards. Baker caught it in the end zone. No, you're right. You're right. I just, I just think it was fifty from where Wilson threw the ball. Wow. Or, or like you know like like yeah. I don't. I don't know, I, I don't know the exact step. I just saw, oh, because he was in the middle of the field and Baker's on the sideline. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what's crazy. Was. Yeah. But it, it was it was a it was a long, uh, long play and very impressive. But. Unfortunately, no fancy points for that. Uh, but yeah, but going forward, Metcalf, he's, he's a great option. Um, understand there's going to be weekly volatility, kind of similar to like Tyreek Hill in the last couple of years. But you can't. It's it's going to be so hard to justify ever benching him. You know. Yeah. Darius Slayton, another awful week. So Darius Slayton has played seven games this season, right? And he has boomed twice, and he has busted the other five. So. Can you drop Darius Slayton? What, what are you doing with Darius Slayton? Because he still got the snap percentage, but with Tate and Shepard back, he just didn't get the targets. He was still the – like snap-wise, he still was the leading receiver. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at the air yards either for the game, but definitely concerning for Slayton owner. He only had four targets. I don't think there's really good enough options on waivers to necessarily justify dropping him. I don't know who you're picking up if you are. Uh, I will say it's it should be important, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but picking up uh, – Sterling Shepard is, is definitely a good move because he yeah. looked great last week and he had six for 59 and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he was involved and uh, that was coming off of a pretty serious injury. I think he's going to look better and better going forward. And he seems to be being on Jones' favorite target as of now. Yeah. And then Mike Williams, one catch for four yards. It's just really weird because I had Mike Evans in a DraftKings lineup and I was like, he's going to go off. You know, they're playing Jacksonville. This is the worst events in the league. And Jacksonville bled 39 points, and Williams had one catch for four yards. It, it's just so weird. It's not even like – like, you can't even predict that. Yeah. Um, Chase Claypool, 
one catch for what is it like negative two yards? Um, yeah. What happened? I don't know. That that game was just a bizarre game, but it was the Deontay Johnson show all game long. Juju was solid as well. Claypool just wasn't really involved. Yeah. Uh, I I'm not ready to say the last couple weeks are flukes. I just I'm, I the eye test says otherwise. But this game was definitely concerning. But I think and people have to continue putting Claypool in their lineups because he's been involved. Yeah, but, I mean he always has that chance to have a huge game. But it, but it's weird to know this can happen, and we've only seen him have those big games when Deontay Johnson was out. That's true. Which does, which does offer some concern. So maybe uh, in future weeks, if Deontay Johnson's playing, maybe temper expectations or take him out until he proves he can do it with other yeah. guys healthy. C.D. Lamb had 0.1 fantasy points. He had one rush for one yard. And I don't think you can start him going forward. I think you can kind of start Cooper and Zeke, and that's it. Um, let's get into the cops. Joe Burrow, if he's available, he should be added right away. A game with Tennessee on the line. Tennessee is not a bad defense. They're not a great defense, but it's going to be competitive, and Burrow's going to have to throw the ball. So I think he's going to be a great option. Teddy Bridgewater against Atlanta. That's another good option for sure on Thursday night. Um, Carlos Hyde has a knee contusion, but he should be able to play. So he's he is he the he's the number one running back ad this week, right? Carlos Hyde. I don't think so, actually. Uh, I would actually put two guys above him, and I'll tell you why. And I, I put these guys in my waiver column uh, on Bet the Nerds. Firstly, Zach Moss. And I know it's it's weird to have a to want to play a Bills running back because they've been awful all season. Singletary has yet to get a carry over 20 yards. He just does not look good. Moss has missed some time. But this week, he was pretty involved, despite the fact that the team's offense was bad. And under these current like situations, I don't think you want to play Moss. So for in that way, maybe Hyde's a better option because he's kind of a plug-and-play. But I think at this point, there's a very real chance that Moss completely overtakes Singletary's role in this offense and becomes the guy. And that upside makes him the top ad for me. And then it's really close between Hyde and Michael P. Ryan for that second RB spot on waivers. P. Ryan obviously on a really bad Jets offense. But he seems to be getting more and more volume by the week. Gay seems to like him and, and want to get him involved. He's gotten a couple receptions as well. So if P. Ryan continues to get like a workhorse role, I know it's on a bad team, but volume is king in fantasy, and if P. Ryan's getting that volume, he's a he's a, a better option than Carlos Hyde going forward. Yeah, going forward for sure. And Michael P. Ryan and Zach Moss, Moss are not available in my main league, so that's why I have Hyde as like my number one option. Got it. But yeah, um, very compelling arguments. Jamichael Hasty is another great ad this week. He should be in line for 9 to 12 carries, maybe 3 to 4 targets in a good game script against Seattle. Um, and Tevin Coleman is a long shot to play, but just a guy that you should be eyeing because, you know, when he's back, he's going to be the first and second down back, even with McKinnon there. With Wilson and Moser out, I think Coleman will have at least 2 to 3 weeks where he's the main guy, and it's going to be a good running game. So I think you look to Coleman, you look to Hasty this week before it's too late and before you can't add them. Malcolm yeah. Brown, or what do, you, what do you want to say about that? Oh, just one thing is, like, it's this just proves that uh, it's a mindset I've had going into each of the last two seasons, which is draft the lowest owned or the, or the, the latest going running back on the Niners. Because last year it was Breida and Coleman, and then it was Mostert that went off. And this year everyone's drafting Coleman and Mostert, 
and I drafted McKinnon. So yeah. uh, just wh- whoever is going later, um, this, this backfield is so volatile on a weekly basis. Uh, the, the less draft capital and, and waiver like waiver capital you spend on this backfield, the less obligated to these players you're going to feel. And uh, when their time comes, because it seems to come for everyone, you can put them in and be confident. But uh, it's it's just a, it's a crazy backfield. But I think, I think we're getting some clarity going forward. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Brown had 11 carries for 57 yards and touchdown. He looked good on each carry. Daryl Henderson, I think, was a cramp at the end of the game. But for my waiver wire hopes, I'm hoping it was a pulled hamstring. Um, I'm going to try to add Malcolm Brown because I, don't, I would l- rather start him against Miami than Damian Harris against Buffalo. So, um, yeah. Wayne Gallman, another decent option. He plays Tampa Bay, so that's a tough one. But Devonta Freeman might miss the game, and Gallman would be the lead back. And he had five catches last week. So there's some decent running back options here. Um, would Gallman be the lowest of all those guys for you, though? I think so. Um, just not in a great situation. He's just not a plug-and-play against Tampa Bay. Yeah, he. Like, I think other guys have more plug-and-play potential, and some guys have more long-term upside than Gallman does. Nelson Aguilar, he was the wide receiver one on the – I guess Darren Waller is the wide receiver one on the Raiders. But Aguilar is definitely the second option in the passing game. And I think that he's a decent start next week against Cleveland. It's going to be a, a very high-scoring game. Brandon Ayuk, this is the number one wide receiver pickup on the week. He's available in my main league. And Debo Samuel's going to miss, I think, a few weeks with a hamstring injury. And Ayuk against Seattle, that's a great that's a great matchup. Is there – is there any trust that can be had in Kendrick Bourne? What do you think? Oh, no way. No, no. way. It's only – it's Kittle Ayuk and then whatever running back's going to be playing. All right. And that's, that's pretty much it, I think. Kendrick Bourne can go he, – he can have good games. I think he's had some good games against Seattle in the past. But predicting when that's going to happen is a total headache, and just it's not worth going for that. Rashard Higgins, he looks pretty good. He had six catches for 110 yards after Odell got hurt. Do you feel comfortable playing him against Las Vegas? I personally don't. You know, I'm a, I'm a Vegas believer. I think their secondary is a lot better than people give them credit for. And I think if Cleveland's going to have a chance in this game, it's going to be mostly with them having success on the ground and across the middle of the field. I don't trust the outside weapons. I don't even trust Landry in this matchup, despite the fact that Odell's out. Wow. Um, this game feels like kind of a trap game. I think the Raiders are, are going to maybe just have a total control over this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just kind of a little off Cleveland right now. They, they, they really scare me. They're too inconsistent, and the Raiders are a disciplined, good team. So I don't trust Higgins. Um, I think I'd, I'll play whatever Brown's tight end is, is going to be the guy, but that's that's pretty much it on that team. Yeah, the last point is if Hooper's out, I think Harrison Bryant is a top 10 tight end start, and if Hooper's in, I think Hooper's a top 10 tight end start. Um, are there any more cops you want to talk about before we end the show? Um, if you need a... I mean, obviously, we mentioned Richard Rodgers. I think he's someone that you can yeah. pick as a tight end. Um, and then defenses, I haven't really looked into that much. But uh, one one sneaky defense, maybe, and they're going to be on every single team, every league, every league's waiver wires, is Detroit's defense against Indianapolis. I know the Colts are a good team, and I love the Colts as much as anyone. But Rivers has made some pretty boneheaded mistakes in the past few weeks, and there's a, a very real chance that Detroit gets some like cheeky defensive touchdown this week. So if you just need to plug and play someone, if there's like no good options on your defensive waiver wire, that's something you can potentially look to. And especially in DFS too, where they're pretty low priced. 
Okay, wait, two more options, though, because we, we should cover tight end. Is Trey Burton a viable play against Detroit? Um, he's the looks to be like the tight end that's running the most route and getting the most targets in Indianapolis. Is he a decent play? I think he's viable. I, I, I would personally rather not start him. I think he's startable, especially in deeper leagues. Maybe in 14-team leagues, he's a, he's a solid option. I'm not sure that I would ever need to go there in a 10- or 12-team league. But he's someone that you can kind of project for four catches, 40 yards, and hopefully get a touchdown. And then Irv Smith Jr., he has eight catches in the last two games and over 50 yards in both those games. Coming off the bye, it might be his job now over Kyle Rudolph. I don't think that's a bad option against Green Bay. It's going to be a competitive game. And as much as tight end stashes don't really exist, he might be kind of a tight end stash where uh, if his role blossoms over the course of the season, Kirk Cousins likes play, he likes targeting tight ends. And if that tight end target share is consolidated into one guy, that guy's going to be pretty appealing, especially with Irvin Smith. Yeah, and then just two more guys I want to talk about before we end the show. Zach Pascal and T.Y. Hilton. So T.Y. Hilton has been awful this year, and I don't, I've been advocating against T.Y. Hilton the whole season. But at least for myself, who has Godwin and McLaurin out, I need a wide receiver play. Against Detroit, are Hilton or Pascal viable? I think Pascal might be a better play just because he's been getting the targets. He's been running the underneath routes that Rivers likes. But what do you think about those two options? It really seems like Detroit's, uh, for all their, their ups and downs, they're pretty good at limiting big plays. That's kind of what T. Hilton thrives on. Not as much as he used to. He's more of a possession receiver now. But I think Pascal's volume is more secure, um, maybe less upside than a guy like Hilton. We really haven't seen the upside of Hilton this so far this season. So, out of those two guys, I'd actually lean to Pascal, mm-hmm. but not either option is a guy that I would really want to start. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. That's our Tuesday show for you, and we'll see you on Thursday. Bye.